Welcome to Intrigued and Confused, a mental health podcast hosted by the Recording Library of West Texas, a cool nonprofit that provides audio to those with mental, physical, or learning impairments. Enjoy today's show, and thanks for supporting those who read by listening. I think talking about anxiety today is is a really great topic because not only COVID anxiety, I'm honestly tired of, of making everything about COVID. Oh, COVID. We're not only going to talk about COVID anxiety, but we're going to talk about anxiety in general. And the point of this podcast is this was my idea going into a podcast like this is I wanted to have a a very intimate conversation about certain topics when it comes to mental health. The Recording Library of West Texas is a great little nonprofit here in Midland that specializes in providing audio to those with impairments. And all of these will be recorded live from our in-house studio. I'm Bailey, and I am the executive director here at RLWT. Nice to meet all of you. I kind of want to call it intrigued and confused because of lo- a lot I of like to- a lot of topics are intriguing, but they're so confusing to understand. We believe in equal access to information, so that's why we do podcasts, so that people who cannot access the printed word have not only good information, but accurate information. And that's my job, is to make sure that the information that we're providing is not only good and entertaining, but also accurate. So I've got people from the community coming in to sit down and talk to me about really important issues. We're going to do it in a way that you'll be able to understand, and at the end of the episode, hopefully you'll have some coping techniques and maybe you'll just learn something new so that's the point of this podcast and today I've got Dr. Stephanie Moses with me in the studio I met Dr. Stephanie Moses in 2019 Mm -hmm. and honestly I just liked her vibes let's normalize just liking liking people's vibes and wanting to talk to them again so thank you for joining me in the studio again thank you for having me back I'm not sure anyone has ever told me they like my vibe I love that thank you because I'm very much of a vibey kind of girl yes like I I really just like your energy and I think that you have a lot of great things to bring uh, to the table so this will be a series of six episodes. You are the first one to do the series of six episodes with me. So thank you for lending your time to not only myself in the recording library, but the people um, in the community who can't read printed words. Mm-hmm. So thanks for giving us your time to uh, share your experiences and talk with us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So we've got a lot of cool things we're going to talk about for the six episodes. Um, we're going to talk about some social issues. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about relationships mm-hmm. and we're going to, we're going to deep dive. So I knew that step. Would be the person to deep dive with me on these these topics. I didn't want it to just sound like every other podcast, Absolutely. where it's like here's five things to go by on every day. I'm like, I don't have time to think of those five things. No, you know, we, none of us really do. You know, and you said something at the very beginning of the intro that I thought was extremely important, and it's about the conversations. Mm-hmm. We have to be able to have these conversations with each other, with family members, with friends, to really promote learning and advance our growth. Right. 
Yes. Yeah. So briefly tell tell everyone about yourself. Like what what do you do? I know you're an awesome lady and you're an author, <laughs> but I will let you this is your chance to uh tell us about yourself. Okay. Putting me on the spot here. So yeah. I'm a licensed psychologist. I have been in West Texas in the Permian Basin going on thirteen years now. So it's now called home. I did all of my studies from undergraduate through graduate at the University of Texas at Austin, so I'm a Hook'em fan. I bleed orange. I know this is Texas Tech Raider <laughs> country, um, but, you know, it's good to have a little healthy competition out right? here every once in a while. So I am. I'm a mother of four, uh, technically five because I have an adopted oldest, and I'm a lovey, which is my term for grandma now. So Aww. my grandbaby for my adopted oldest is one years old, and so she's brought a lot of light and life into our world just here recently. COVID kind of stopped how much we could see each other, mm-hmm. but the connection is still there. That's the bonds and the relationships that at some point we'll get to and how to keep up those bonds when things besides a pandemic separate us and, and even strain some relationships. Uh, and I am an author. I authored my first book. It was released in 2019. It's a nonfiction book about women just dealing with life and mental health issues, untreated mental health conditions that that go on for a while end up with symptoms and it impacts our daily living. And so I wanted to make a fictional but a very real account of what those symptoms could look like playing out in every day in our mm-hmm. behavior, but then also to what the treatment is like. A lot of people are scared to go to a psychologist or a psychiatrist or even to their primary care doctor mm-hmm. for fear of being stigmatized and labeled as crazy or whatever. And it's not, it's not that at all. The treatment is very different, uh, than what people assume when they don't really know what it's like. So the book tries to highlight that. And there's a lot of drama because drama yeah. sells. Yeah. I <laughs> mean, right. who doesn't like drama? I, I mean, I love drama. what is from Steel Magnolias? If you don't have something nice to say, come sit by me, <laughs> you know, which is a joke, but, um, I, I have so read, <laughs> I have read a lot of your book. It's been a, a while since I've read it, but I, the characters are so relatable. That's what I like about your, Thank your you. book is you made them seem like your everyday person that we deal like it's it's not a clinical book where you're like hey look she just is dealing with anxiety at this point no it's like your best friend it's like hey my best friend (laughs) deals with the same thing that that character deals with so i like that you did it in the form of that like that that was really i like that approach a lot thank you so much a lot of people that i've seen and even friends are like are are these characters me this seems to be a lot of me and i'm like no actually the characters are me you know it's just what each character has a lot of me in it which is really exposing but also very cathartic to write as well because even though i'm you know i study this stuff and i teach behavior change and thought processes i've got my own drama too you know we've all got stuff so yeah so do you think that a person is made up of many different people inside I think we have different trials, tribulations, and responses to our emotions. And so our responses to our emotions in different situations based on what's going on in life will cause you to respond differently. And many people will uh, interpret that or perceive it, or you may even, as different people, per se. I like that. I I read something one not too long ago that said, think of five people that make up who you are. If you were to go talk to someone and say, hey, these five people make up who I am. It doesn't have to necessarily be people in general, but it can be a subject or anything like that. Celebrity. Like, who doesn't want a celebrity on their team? Like, why not? Oh, I'm a celebrity in my head all day. Exactly. (laughs) So I I like that idea because it's like if you were to describe yourself to someone, 
here's an example mm-hmm. of what makes up my personality. And here's five yeah. examples. Yeah. And they're traits, you know, yes. and, and we all have traits, good and bad. There's all, you know, things in all of us that we want to change. But if you can hold your good stuff and hold the things that you want to change or flaws or whatever term you want to put on it, it makes you a lot more colorful, I think, you know? Yeah. And hold those equally and own them. We've all got it. Mm-hmm. And this is this is a mental health podcast. Um, and we're going to talk about anxiety today. And I want to take a deep dive into anxiety. And when I say deep dive, I picture like the deep sea divers that jump Mm. off caves that exist under the ocean, which talking about that gives me anxiety. So if your anxiety was at a one, when you tuned into this podcast, it's probably like a hard six right now. If you're thinking about underwater caves, like I am. Uh, So let's talk about anxiety and how to cope with anxiety. And I'm tired of the word anxiety. I think anxiety gives people anxiety, the word alone. I think so too. I think uh, a lot of us are just drowning. Yeah. (laughs) Even there's the term of anxiety, but what a lot of people fail to realize is anxiety is inherent in all of us right? It's that feeling when your heart starts racing before you have to give a speech publicly Mm -hmm. or take an exam or face a new challenge, start a new job, or you've lost your job. Now you have to figure out how to pay bills. We all have it. Not everyone has what we call clinical anxiety, right? Which is where they seek help from myself or someone like me. Clinical anxiety is when it's disruptive to your daily life. Right now, we may all feel feel a little bit of that, but we all have some element of anxiety and experience it at times. It's just whether you believe in evolution or the Lord or all of the above, our bodies are just made that way. Mm-hmm. So is anxiety a physical thing and a mental thing? Is oh, it- it's both. Okay. It's both. We tend to think of mental health as just all in our minds. Yeah. Almost as if we're making something up, right? But most I say most very, very seriously, most of the mental health conditions are both, right? Our minds and our bodies. Anxiety fits that completely. So what we mean by mental and physical is in our brains. It manifests in our thought process when we're worried, right? That's a symptom of anxiety. We've all had sleepless nights where we're up worried about something or our thought patterns are negative about something that's have uh, happened in the past or has yet to happen, right? One of the things, one of the highest risk factors of anxiety is thinking too far forward or thinking too far back. Mm -hmm. So anxiety is very much mental, but not in the sense of it's all in your mind, you can control it. Sometimes the thoughts race so fast that you can't keep up with it. Sometimes you're stuck thinking about the same thing over and over and over. So our thought processes have a lot to do with our anxiety and the symptoms of anxiety that we experience, but it's also physical. What we find is they're one and the same, right? I mean, you, mm-hmm. one happy, they're not mutually exclusive. One will happen, the other will happen. And it doesn't matter which came first, the chicken or the egg. Mm-hmm. They all play in together. The physical symptoms can be sweatiness, tingling, you know, that heart racing, visual disturbances even, um, a lot, tummy stuff, you know, diarrhea, you know, yeah. um, constipation. A lot of that, our bodies will hold our anxiety uh, physically. And so typically what will happen is someone may uh, experience it physically and then their thoughts start 
or their thoughts start, their worry starts, and it's in then it comes uh, manifest physically. So it very much is both, but they're not mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. Like for me, like you said, you might just sit there and keep thinking about the same thing over and over. That happens to me. Like I'm, I think. Uh, for this podcast too, we'll share our experiences. Please, I know, yes. I know that you're willing to do that, um, especially with your book. Like that's a very, that's a, a window into what you feel. And I think that that's so helpful for people because that, that's what we want to do. We want to relate to each other mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. COVID helped us relate in some ways and, and pay attention to what's important in our life, I think, yes. and who, to, you know, make sure to love the people who are around you because they might not be there the next That's day. That's right. Um, for me, the, sometimes I just, they come out of nowhere and I just sit there and think about it. Mm-hmm. And then I, one thing that I've learned to do is say, okay, I'm going to give myself an hour to sit here and mm-hmm. think about this or an hour to be sad or an hour to be mad. And then I'm not going to give it any more power. That's right. That's that, right. That's something that has been very helpful for me. That's right. And what you just said kind of naturally is what, I spend a lot of my time teaching because even though I see clients or patients, whatever word you want to put on it, I do a lot of teaching, mm-hmm. right, to them uh, and how to manage the, these symptoms because what you just described was a symptom. I think it's important to remember these are symptoms, just like a cough is a symptom of a cold, rumination, which is what you're talking about, thinking about the same thing over and over, or that constant worry or the racing thoughts that you might have are symptoms. And so I do a lot of teaching and sit in it, but put a time limit on it and then get up, change your environment, redirect your thoughts, pour yourself and your time and your attention into something else that may be a little more pleasurable to help manage that. As I said before, we all experience it. I know some my my son, my first biological child, turned 16 at the end of March. At some point, at the beginning of the year, I lost my mind and I bought him a sports car for his birthday. Two you months did. early. Okay, I, I, I'm did. a car person, so I have to know <laughs> what you bought. I bought him a Camaro, okay. fully loaded, which tells you how much I really lost my mind. But it was a standard <laughs> shift. Yes. So I had a standard shift Mustang when I got pregnant with him, and I had to give it up when I got pregnant with him. So I was like, "By goodness, I'm gonna get another." You're, standard you're gonna, in my life. yeah, you're gonna uh, look oh, vicariously yeah. through him. Absolutely. And, yeah. So I bought it a couple months early, so I could play in it when yes, he wasn't girl. around. I right? love it. When he was visiting. <laughs> dad i'm playing around in the standard well then time comes for me to give him this car and for him to be independent and i kid you not for two weeks straight i couldn't sleep i didn't realize that it was tied to his birthday coming around Uh, i i didn't know that i just thought it was the stress of work and parenting and i wasn't sleeping i was ruminating on just fear and so um for for those of you who don't know me. I'm African-American, so obviously my son is a black man. You've got all these social relations. We had an experience in our neighborhood the week prior where I'm teaching him how to drive the car. We gave it to him a little bit early uh, so he could learn how to drive the standard and drive it on his birthday. So we're in our neighborhood starting and stopping because that's what you have to do with a standard shift, right? You have to figure out how to balance the clutch and the accelerator. 
And uh, so we're in our own neighborhood doing this, and we get cold, we get pulled over by the police. Oh my god! So his first thing is, "What do I do?" <laughs> I didn't have my wallet. I didn't have my cell phone because we're in our neighborhood. Yeah. And the police officer, you know, approaches and says, "Who? How many people are in the car with you?" Very almost intimidating. And my son has got his hands on Tina, and he's like, "Um, um." And I just look past him. I said, "I'm here. I'm his mom." And the police officer says, "Oh." Oh, well, we got cars of, you know, calls of a suspicious car taking pictures of houses in the neighborhood. Well, with all the social relations, that's going to happen. So that was a very teachable moment, right? Yeah. For my son, his anxiety went to 10. The police officer's anxiety is at 10 because mm-hmm. of all the other stuff going on. Mine was probably at a 7. But then after the fact, I get angry, right? Yeah. But the anger was not at the officer. He was wonderful. The anger was not even really with the social issues. It was at myself. Like, did I just set my son up for, Ah. right, did I just make him a target? Yeah. Right? And so all of these different experiences came through. I didn't realize until after the fact that from that point until he took his driver's license test, I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't eating. I was just ruminating. And everything was agitating me. I was irritable. You know, when you don't sleep, you're irritable. And I was looking at not eating as like probably a good thing to lose a little bit of weight at that time. But I wasn't doing it the right way. I wasn't being healthy in it. Mm-hmm. And the anxiety was impacting my concentration. It was just impacting my day to day. And so his birthday comes around. He takes his driver's license test and fails. For some reason, that relieved my anxiety. <laughs> it just relieved it. A, little, a little bit to know he won't be on the streets well, right away. it was for two days, yeah. and he retook it and, yeah. then, and then passed it. But for some reason, that day, and that's when it all made sense of like, okay, this is what it was about. I don't know what happened, why that two-day delay made me feel so much better. Mm-hmm. But that's a big part of anxiety. Sometimes we don't even know what our trigger is. In the time that we're experiencing it, we just know we're having these symptoms. Mm-hmm. And if the symptoms go untreated, like I didn't treat or pay attention to mine, I just kept thinking it was something else or trying to avoid it or trying to pretend. It's a defense mechanism I use often is pretending, pretending. like everything's okay. Uh-huh. Right. Um, after all, look at the job I do. So if I'm not okay, right? Right. So I have to you- pretend that everything's okay. Once I was able, that day that he failed, it, it all became clear. It was like the the cloud lifted. And I was like, I am just scared about him driving mm-hmm. for so many different reasons. I'm right. scared that you're on the road, unaccompanied, because you really can't drive. You're not a great driver <laughs> to begin with. Or you wouldn't have failed the test, right? Uh, but then also, too, because the social relations that were going on, so many elements were coming into play. Mm-hmm. So I did what you did, what you just said. I sat in it for a minute. And let myself experience that. Tell myself it was okay. All of that was normal stuff to be fearful of and scared of. And he still has the text when he gets there and text when he gets back. And Which, by the way, that's a great idea. If you don't want your child to text while they're first learning to drive, get a standard. That's yeah. so right. Because you can only focus <laughs> exactly. on making the car go. Exactly. Right? I think you were smart to do that. Yeah. yeah, that actually went into my planning of it. At first, I was excited because I wanted him just to learn how to drive a standard. Yeah. Because for anyone that's ever driven one, you feel so cool and Oh, powerful yeah. And, and thank you it. for preserving the art of oh, manual transmission. Love it. I have to say thank you for love, doing that. Absolutely. <laughs> All of my children have to learn because I'm just like, it's just such an exciting, yeah. powerful 
experience and in a world now where you don't have a lot of power you at least don't feel like you do exactly. that's the one thing you can control yeah right. so you were able to, to just sit there in the moment and, and say okay hold on a second what's going on what is this let's it's, it's almost like you have a lego a bunch of legos and they're all building up and it, you can slowly start taking them off that's one right. by one that's right and saying okay well let's let's just pick this apart for yeah. a minute what so you, is this what's going yeah. on you, you know? were like it's not so much about that i just got him this amazing camaro it's not it's also because it's a huge lifestyle uh, life change for you too because your 16 year old is now learning to be independent and drive on top of all the other social issues that you that that came to light in that moment and what i couldn't control right? right a lot of things were no longer in my control which is relieving on one aspect, but extremely anxiety producing on the other. Our sense of control helps us manage anxiety. So people that say, oh, I'm controlling, or if you experience someone as controlling, or just let me do it myself, that's their need to control their own anxiety. Anxiety Mm. also is a product of not being able to predict what's going to happen next. So if you control everything, me, I'm raising my hand, <laughs> then you're, you have at least a f- sense of control. It's all false. It's perceived, right? But in that moment, my perception of my control for my son's life was gone or mm-hmm. in those weeks. Mm-hmm. If I would have taken the minute to sit in it and give myself what you said that few minutes or an hour to sit in it two weeks prior, I may not have had so much disruption in my daily life over a couple of weeks, but I didn't. So that's an example of what it what, what it's like when it goes untreated, unthought of, mm-hmm. avoided. Sometimes we just got to sit in it to get through it. Yeah, and and it's hard to do. It's I, you hard. can't. It's hard to to have that realization until sometimes it gets too much, and right. then you're like, why did I just yell at my partner, or why am I so frustrated every day? Mm-hmm. And then you realize, oh, it's it's something that happened two weeks ago that I still haven't processed. Absolutely, or something that hasn't even happened yet that yeah. I'm just worried that's going to happen. Yeah, worry is a, a useless emotion. It's it does us no good. Zero. We can get rid of worry. So if it tries to creep up into your, you don't need it. Don't need it. We don't need it. And the biggest way to manage through it is to own it. Give yourself permission to be unsettled. Unsettled is okay. Worried is not. Worried means prolonged unsettlement, right? And then focus on the present. What can you do right now in this moment to either take your mind off of it, redirect your attention is, is what we call it. Or to to manage it or to control that situation. If it hasn't happened yet, there's nothing you can do about it. What are some examples of re-controlling or diverting your thoughts or something? What are some examples of how to do that? So I think um, the first steps, obviously, is understanding what you may be worried about. And also, like I just said, giving yourself permission. The reason why I keep emphasizing that is because a lot of times we tell ourselves it's not okay. Why are we worried? It's not that big of a deal. We minimize our own experiences. So that's a huge part in emotional regulation. But to answer your question, things that we can do uh, is listening to music, right? Getting up, going on a walk, Um even changing what room you're in. Walk yes. from one room to another. Yes, that is big for me. I have to change my environment. Change your environment. I'm like and a house plant. Yeah. Like, just go pick me up <laughs> and take me to a different just window with different somewhere. lighting. Yeah. <laughs> and But windows and lighting, you know, it's, it's astonishing to me. Now that we have 
had the pandemic and a lot of people that I see are via telemedicine, right? Yes. It's virtual. People sit around in the dark. Open your windows. Mm-hmm. So if you're in that space, get up and go outside and stand outside for a moment or open the, you know, the blinds just to have the experience of the light, right? Just changing the environment. Even if you, it's a overcast day or you can't see the light, you know it's there. And that does something differently. Visualizing uh, a scenario that gives you pleasure also is helpful in redirecting your attention. Other things are, you know, listening to a podcast, um, looking at or, you know, visualizing or listening to a television show that you like. Some people, you know, the kids love TikTok. Anything that's different than what you're currently doing Mm -hmm. that will divert your attention is so helpful. I like the word experience. You're saying all these these words that are like triggering things in my research. And I was reading something about experiences and it says try to make everything an experience for you. Let's say you're going to go have coffee with a friend. Before you go in, just take a moment and say, here's what I want to get out of this experience. I am expecting a good conversation. I'm expecting to learn something new, maybe. And I'm expecting just to feel good when I leave and put that out there and say, having coffee with your friend might be something you do on a weekly basis, but make it a new experience every time you go. Even going to the store, I I don't like going to the store, (laughs) but I'm going to say, you know what? Maybe I'm going to say hi to someone today. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll see someone walking down the aisle and I'll say, hey, you know, that's that zucchini looks really nice that you pick. I'm not going to say that, but, (laughs) you know, I am going to try to make a conscious effort to put that energy out there to attract people to want to say hi to me. Right. So I like experience when you just just try to make a conscious effort to say this is going to be an experience. That's right. I I like experience, too. And I think the reason why that hones in for a lot of us is because we go through so much of our days or weeks on autopilot. Yes. We just do. How many times have you been driving and then realized I'm driving? Mm-hmm. How did I even get home? <laughs> yeah, what was you're I like, thinking oh, about? did I run those red lights? Yeah. <laughs> what was I, what was I even doing to even get home? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know about for you all, but March was the longest month of the year yeah. for me. But when I looked back on it, it felt long, but I couldn't remember anything from it. Right. Because I wasn't plugged in. Life was an experience. So the way that you use experience is the way that I use intentionality. Okay. Right? All of it fits under this umbrella, I think, of being mindful. Mm-hmm. Mindful to me is almost like anxiety. It's a watered-down word at this yes, point. Yes, So I like experiences or being intentional about what we're doing. Plug in and be engaged in a good majority of your day. It's not going to be possible to be plugged into every single aspect of your day. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to be. <laughs> I don't want to plug into some things, no. No, sometimes um, I just don't want to Anything plug financial, into. no. I no, don't thanks. want to plug into that. No, thanks. No. I still have a four-year-old that pees everywhere, not trying to plug into changing sheets every morning. No, not doing that. That's that. an experience we don't have to <laughs> yeah, be mindful I of. I don't want to do that. Yeah. But for the good majority, I have an 80-20 rule about life and managing emotions and, and all of that. 80% of your day, plug in. Be intentional about it. Be intentional about these experience of going to coffee or even going to work. Some of us dread going to work. Sometimes mm-hmm. some people have the same duties every day and i'm sure it gets very mundane but Mm -hmm. you're right how are you going to go about this intentionally to do something different whether it's engaging with a coworker, giving someone a compliment putting that energy out there like you just mentioned be very intentional about 
most of your experiences, right. not each of them. I, I love them. the eighty twenty. I love that a lot. Yeah. That's 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 great to have in the back of your mind. You know, like choose: is this something you want to give to the eighty percent, or just right. something that can go to the twenty percent pile? Right. You know, right. like what we call it work. Let's file that, which means it can go into the recycling just, bin. That's right. Right. We don't even <laughs> have to deal with that now. I think so much. Also, too, of anxiety is caught up in we, quote unquote, should, I hate the word should, but we should be doing things all the time. Right. Right. We should be consistent all the time. We should be happy all the time. We should make dinner every night. Oh, please. No. That's, 80% of the time. Yeah, that's, it's impossible, I think. It's, there, you're, it's impossible. Why? Give you're yourself setting a your, Yeah, you're setting yourself up for failure in a way. I think... We have to give ourselves grace. We, we've talked about that during COVID. Give yourself some mm-hmm. grace. You still have to give yourself grace. It's okay to sit in those uncomfortable moments oh, yes. because that's whenever you're feeling those real emotions. Yep. And that's when your body is not only physically telling you some stuff, but your mind too. And it's okay to be uncomfortable because I think confidence plays into this. And when I say yeah. confidence, people are like, well, I'm not, that's when I'm least confident is right. when I'm having an anxiety attack right. or a panic attack. No, the confidence is I've been here before and I'll get out of it. I've been through this and I can do this again. That's right. I survived that time. I'll survive yeah. this time. You yeah. know? And I think about those challenging times of sitting in those hard emotions or in the midst of a panic attack or financial strain as growing pains, right? Yeah. Our body, when your kiddos are growing, their bodies hurt, right? When they grow too fast, it's painful. Emotional growth and mental health growth is the same way. It's going to be painful. Mm-hmm. So all of those times are not the most comfortable. You don't want to face it. It's necessary for growth. Mm-hmm. So I think if we challenge our perspectives a little bit and not see them all as negative, but okay, I'm, I must be growing. I'm going through this for a yeah. reason. What can I learn from it? How do I do better and build on the confidence that I've already gotten? Right. It's uncomfortable. At the end. Mm-hmm. I realize it's uncomfortable, it's uncomfortable, but it's it's doable. It's so doable. Yeah. And it goes back to talking about the inner voice, those five people who mm-hmm. make up who you are, however many people you want. You don't have to choose five. It can be one or ten. It doesn't matter. Um, that inner voice that says, hey, hold on one second. We've been here before and yeah. we'll get out of it. You can make up someone. That's right. Like your perfect person, make that person up in your head and call on them when you need it. That's right. I mean, they can have a cool name. They can have a cool Camaro. Like, <laughs> like they can, they can be whoever you want. That, that's right. And have that, you know, those characteristics for that person support you, right? Yeah. And, you know, fill up what you're needing in that moment. I have an altar. Mine's my name is Dominique and she's so cool. She's so not who I really think that I am on a daily yeah. basis. But I, when I want to feel myself a little bit, yeah. you know, whether I'm in a slump or whether I'm, you know, just had a major growth time through one of those growing pains, I call on Dominique and she's so different. She's extroverted. She's just a, a woman, you know? Yeah. <laughs> she's the she's the full woman. She's everything. Yeah, she's never like completely tired and doesn't want to hear the kids talking all at once. She's not running around yelling at everyone to go to bed at 7 p.m., you know, as opposed to 9 p.m. She's just cool and chill. Yeah. So sometimes I can channel my inner Dominique. Yeah, you know? find, find your inner Dominique. That's right. Like, I don't, 
<laughs> I think I have a person named Alex that lives inside of me. I and love that name. I don't know. I just always like that name. Yeah, um, I, I use it, it at Starbucks because <laughs> I try to say Bailey and they say baby. And I say, and then I say, no one puts baby in the corner. Right. And then I kind of show a little bit of my age and they don't understand they don't, the, the dirty dancing reference. And I I'm totally like, oh, got that. yeah. Oh, oh, whoops. Okay. Anyway, no, it's Alex. And they're like, oh, okay. And it takes them a minute. Like, did she just, she just make up a different name? Me. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, find your inner Dominique or Alex or whatever cool name that you want to give your inner voice. Yeah. And okay. So a little bit about COVID anxiety now that masks are mm-hmm. being, uh, they're not mandatory in a lot of places. I personally struggled during COVID. My mental health really struggled. Um, because I do well with around, uh, with people. I like to yeah. be around people and I like to go do things. So for me, it was a challenge. And I think it was a challenge for a lot of people like myself. Mm-hmm. And now that everything is back open and there's some normalcy, I'm having anxiety. Yeah. I found myself, I went to Academy for the first time in a year to find some new shoes for the gym. And mm-hmm. I found myself just... Standing in in the aisle and being overwhelmed, I felt overwhelmed, mm-hmm. like it was a very new experience for me. So, talk a little bit about feeling overwhelmed when it comes to having anxiety. So, overwhelm is an absolute foundational part of anxiety, and it's triggered by so many different things. It's one of those terms and symptoms of anxiety that it's hard to verbalize what it feels like, but when you feel it, you know. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, some people describe it. I had one lady, I thought that this was, well, for me, because I'm so visual, she described it as if being on a highway. I don't know if you've been in Dallas, but the highway where there's so many different, you know, overpasses going on at once and cars are all just speeding by. Yes. And there's just so much chaos. And so overwhelm can feel like a lot of chaos. And it's something that's, like I said, triggered by different situations. But I think with COVID, what we had was... Almost overnight, things just shut down. You know, we started kind of loosely hearing about this virus in China. Mm-hmm. And we weren't really quite worried about it. And then it seems like we woke up one morning and everything had stopped. People are frantic to start working from home. You can't do this. You can't do that. We were even taught to fear each other in a sense, right? If you were, yeah. if you happen to be out in that grocery store looking for that toilet paper or whatever, and someone beside you sneezed or coughed, it was just almost like, oh, my goodness. You know, you yeah. felt like you had to go home and shower right away. So we were we were almost taught and instilled to stay away from others. But what we forgot is we're human. We need that connection. Mm-hmm. And Zoom has been amazing, probably a godsend for so many of us. Yes. But what really connects us is the physical touch. Right. Right. Being in somebody's presence in the energy of them. And being able to touch on them. There's a reason why newborn babies are put on their mom's skin to skin, right? Because touch is really, really important. Mm-hmm. And we missed out on that. So everything came to a standstill. Then you had this weird time where people rebelled, right? You're not wearing masks. This is my right. And it was, quote, unquote, considered a rebellion. So then you have mass shaming. I mean, just so many different confusing messages were sent out at once with heightened anxiety. Because why? Because we didn't know to predict the, what to predict for the next day. Mm-hmm. Remember, that's a component of anxiety, not being able to predict what's going to happen next, thinking too far forward or too far back. 
then out here, you know, we were kind of like some of the last to really start to be impacted by COVID out here in West Texas, as far as Texas right. goes. Then people we know start getting it. Right. Right. It starts getting really scary. Then it got even more confusing once people you know started getting it. Yeah, because people in West Texas were like our own entity. We're our own little island. We felt like we were on our own. Yeah, yeah and I, I think people were like, oh, man, this is happening, but it's not here. And it's then, like here. you said, we started, mm-hmm. people we knew started getting it. And then that that really made it true. Yeah. And so then we kind of all started freaking out as a community here in West Texas. Right, right. But everyone's reaction to the freak out was different. Yeah. You know, some people shut down completely some people got really really scared some people got angry and then don't forget on top of that then we had oil collapse on us, right which is a lot of people's livelihood right yeah. and that was separate but related to covid i mean it was just a lot going on at once so let's fast forward now we have things opening back up the governor was one of the first you know our, our state was one of the first to say no more mask mandates you know let everything kind of open back up and so there's so many different feelings and emotions. And a lot of us was just on that autopilot trying to get through COVID. You know, we had worries. People were separated from family members. If you had um, family members that were in healthcare, they were staying in hotels or couldn't come home the right way. I mentioned at the very beginning that I was separated from my newborn granddaughter at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it just changed our lives significantly. Now everyone's saying, go back to normal. Yeah. Here's what I think the overwhelm comes from, is that we have an expectation that it's going to be what we knew as normal. So true. It's different. There, we we don't have a normal anymore. Not the normal that we knew. Right. We have a nor- we'll have a normal. Yeah. Right? It's just not what we knew. Mm-hmm. So we keep thinking that things are going to be back the same, when maybe that whole COVID time for us, West Texas, in Texas, was a growing pain. Maybe we'll grow positively from this and so the overwhelm i think is a product of not being able to predict what's going to happen next is it really over should i get vaccinated should i not what are the consequences of vaccination how do i what if i still really get it right now what are these variants doing right so not being able to predict but also looking back to say it should be like this again as opposed to saying what could it be now that's so true instead of looking back and saying what this is what it used to be because people, some people just have a hard time dealing with change. Yeah. So what advice would you give to those people now? Let's say, cause it's, um, the 19th. What, what advice would you give moving forward to those people who are very schedule oriented mm-hmm. and need to know what's happening and don't really care for change? What advice would you give to help cope with anxiety? I'd say challenge of perspective. Identify what you're wanting, but challenge your perspective on if that's what you need at this time. I think that's perfect. That's beautiful. And like we said, give yourself some grace. We're all still learning mm-hmm. and trying to figure out how to deal with this. And we as we're in it together, we're not alone. I think we've forgotten that. Yeah. Remember when COVID first started, everything was about being together and we've got each yeah. other. Somehow we've fallen away from that, but really... That's one of the things I think we need the most is now that we can come back together, support each other. Let's reconnect mm-hmm. or connect for the first time. But remember to support gratitude is another really big thing. Some people had a lot of challenges during this past year, year and a half, 
financial struggles, losing loved ones, just the fear that existed, you know, uh, during this time or the anger, whatever it was. But there's something to be grateful for. Right. And you're right. People had not only COVID and the oil and losing their job and, and not knowing if they're going to have their job, but personal issues that mm-hmm. came up on top of all of that, too. Yeah. So grace and, and being um, respectful to mm-hmm. people in their walks of life is important right now. Um you never know what someone's going through. Everyone has a story. Yeah. And a lot of times if there's anger or something, it's probably not about you. <laughs> it's probably they're, more than likely. They've got a huge yeah. tower of Lego bricks that they're trying to disassemble somehow. So maybe That's just right. uh, be kind to each other and be mm-hmm. kind to yourself. That's I think we forget that too. Be, take care of yourself first. It's right. just like when you're on the, the airplane and if you ever have to use your oxygen mask, it says put yours on first and then help your your exactly. family member, right? It's, I mean, that's it's 100% true. There's something to that. You have to be uh, in a healthy space to be able to give that to someone else. But don't forget that being altruistic, which is compassionate, helpful, giving, generous to someone else is also a healthy coping skill for you. Right. I could just talk to you all day, Stephanie. I'm looking forward to the rest of our episodes. Me too. Um, we'll we'll end this one today. I think that was a really good episode. Great. Um, I loved it. I hope that you enjoyed today's show about anxiety, and I hope that you'll tune in with us next time for some really interesting topics that Stephanie and I will talk about. Please follow us on all social media platforms, Recording Library of West Texas. You can show your support to the visually impaired community by sharing this podcast on your social media platforms and helping us spread the word about our mission. RLWT also does not accept any government funding. We rely strictly on grants and individual donations. So if you feel so inclined to support us with a monetary donation, please go to recordinglibrary.org. And you can also support us by just sharing this podcast to anyone and everyone that you know. If you would like to hear a certain topic covered on the show, or if you have questions to ask Stephanie, send me an email at bailey at recordinglibrary.org. That's bailey, B-A-I-L-E-E, at recordinglibrary.org.